Husker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco Realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Hi, Britton. Hi, Matt. So a few weeks back, we did a podcast with the September market update, and what we thought was a very simple question turned out to not be. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and in Matt Fuller style, I haven't been able to, to let, let it go. It go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our newsletter last week was a follow-on to this one, and we're just going to focus in on one specific number. Uh, which is how many homes are for sale in San Francisco? It is, you would think it would be so easy. Or at, least, or at least if you were going to have a bunch of numbers, they would be, you know, clustered close to 5 to 10% of one another. Yes, right, maybe. But that's not what we found. Uh, we found there's a, a local SF blog. Their number has there being about 950 active. Uh, properties, homes on the market here in San Francisco. Uh, and that's the low number. At the very high number was a report, uh, an internal report from Realtor.com showing that the median number of listings in San Francisco displayed on their site active for sale during the same time was 1,981 properties. That's a lot compared like to 950. Almost double. It's more than double. Yeah, uh, more than double. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, good job, Matt. Math is hard. Uh, let's go shopping. And so, you know, but in between those were, again, a lot of numbers. And so Zillow, for example, says we had how many? 1,150. Which is, you know, close to that local SF blog, but, you know, still that's more than 10% right there. Yeah. Right. Like even those two, you know, roughly what, 15, 20 percent off. So and then uh, Redfin comes in, at, you know, 1197. So let's say that's 1200 for purposes of math is hard. And so 50 different between Zillow and Redfin. That does not make my head explode. Right. That's that's completely plausible. And then if we look um, at any of the statistical tools or directly in the San Francisco multiple listing service and restrict our search to property types, residential, single family, condo, loft, condo, stock, co-op, TIC. That comes in at 1243, roughly 1250. Um, so that's where our closest or that's where this cluster is, which is between 1150 with Zillow and 1250 uh, with the, you know, the San Francisco MLS. But even that is, you know, that's roughly what? 10% right there. Yeah. Um, you know, between those. And that's before if we add in units, residential, not more than four units. If we add that in to the San Francisco MLS count, we come out at 1440, um, which, you know, that's that's plausible. That's plausible. You know, there's roughly 200 unit buildings on the market at any given time. I'd, I'd work with that hypothesis. That does not make me clutch my pearls. <laughs> oh, fortunate. We have access to a cool tool, a cool tool. It's just a tool called Find. Uh, it's provided to all of our realtor member, San Francisco Association realtor members as a member benefit. Almost all of us don't use it. Uh, Find has a really nice tool for aggregating listings in an area because it was built to do that. And there's a story there, but I won't bore you with a tangent. 
when we analyze this, how, when, I, when I go to find.com to ask this question and analyze it there, it comes back with a number of 1,661. And, you know, we keep going up in these increments, right? We started at 950, we add in 100, add in another 50, another 50, another 200, another 250. And suddenly we're way off of where the lowest reported number of, of 950. And what's interesting is when you dig in or when I dig into the find tool to look at where they're coming from, number one, they've got a really good deduplicating tool. So I can account for the fact that properties listed in multiple MLSs are only counted once by find. So we can eliminate that as being one of the possible sources. But where I think it comes from is MLSs in the state of California where properties are listed for sale in San Francisco, but San Francisco is not their primary market. And if you're listening, I'm sure that makes Absolutely zero sense to you. So let me give you a very concrete example. Britton Jackson, would you go to the Palm Springs MLS to search for a home to buy in San Francisco, California? No. But if you do, you will find a couple properties listed. Uh, and that is the most extreme example. But there are, uh, you know, not thousands and not hundreds and hundreds, but it appears, I would say at least, you know, one to 200 properties for sale, you know, where the property is geographically for sale in San Francisco. But the MLS that it is primarily entered into is not one that San Francisco agents primarily, normally, or even would know to search. So that has, I've seen that when an agent is not a member of our MLS and, you know, say they're down in, I think the farthest, I, someplace I, else, California. Well, Room I, of the World. That's a place, apparently. Who? Room of the World, California. That's a thing? It's a place. Huh. See what I learned at CAR meetings? You learn a lot. A lot. So, yeah, I've seen um, where people will... A client asked me once, like, what about this house? And I said, well, I don't... And I felt like an idiot because he said, well, this house just came on the market. And there was a house that was listed in an MLS far, far away that doesn't feed into ours. It's, and uh, I found it by going into one of our reciprocal tools. Reciprocals, thank you. And I don't remember where he had found it, but it was on the market, but not listed here. It's, it doesn't happen a lot anymore, but there was a period of time at Zillow or on Zillow before they uh, went to data feeds only from multiple listing services and agents were allowed to do manual entry there was all sorts of crazy stuff that was so far out of sync with reality that was actually listed on Zillow. And here in the city, that was a fun phenomena uh, because you would have agents who had listed it at the marketing price in the MLS of, let's say, you know, a million four ninety five, And then on Zillow, they would have it at the buy it now seller expects price of, let's say, 1.9. And yeah. yes, the 1.5 listing would roll over to Zillow because Zillow would pick that up in the data feed. But then Zillow would have this other one that was entered by the agent and, you know, had another price. And that also, that was also the off-market stuff. Well, that was very specific off-market stuff. That was, <laughs> that was when um, agents could list their properties on Zillow manually before they were in the MLS. Right. And then we can... Yes. We can surmise their reasons exactly. for doing so. Because they like to cooperate. Or not. Right. So 950, 1,661, 1,981. 
1,243, 1,197, 11150. What's the number? Um, there is no number. <laughs> so how can you compare? Because it, it, what is so frustrating about this is if we, if we can't, we at least need to come up on, on like some standard we can agree on. Exactly. Um, so that we can make comparisons over time because one of the most frustrating things is when I see a statistic and it might be a great statistic and it might be a terrifying statistic. It's not like I'm trying to cherry pick good or bad or hide things. I just want to understand it. I just want to understand if that's a number that you could get to logically or if something seems a mess. Yeah. And that's the thing when, cause there's all this stuff floating around, um, all this information floating around about how inventory is the highest it's been in seven years and all this stuff. But it's like, where are those numbers coming from? And can we replicate them? And can we go back in time? Well, I know you can't look for active listings. You, I've learned how. Me and the uh, the MLS guru had a session. Because as part of my take me through understanding this, I asked someone at the San Francisco MLS department to sit down and walk through this with me on our side. So I made sure I was understanding the, the data I was pulling oh, and, cool. and had access to. So, yeah, yeah. So I just... There was a webinar. That's great. Webinars. Conference call of 2018. Exactly. So kind of to sum it up for our listeners, there's roughly about six different things that can account for variations and how many homes are counted for being on the market at any given time. So when you hear stats about how many properties are on the market, these are the things you need to be thinking out. First of all, where are their sources? Are they just pulling from the San Francisco MLS, San Francisco and Bay Area MLSs that may have reciprocal data sharing agreements or, you know, something else? So the sources is a, a first one. Um, and then obviously one of the other um, pieces of that leads into is whatever portion of the market is taking place offline, off MLS, off Zillow, you know, some people call it the shadow market. Um, there's nothing shadowy about it necessarily, but there is, you know, definitely some chunk that, you know, you have to scour the tax records to account for. Tax records generally lag by about 30 days. Uh, our MLS stats, I learned, even lag slightly by 30 days because for off MLS comp only sales, the buyer's agent has 30 days after closing to get it in. And you always do it off closing because paperwork, right? It's, right? it's the thing that comes last. So you don't even have an accurate count for what sold in a period until 30 days past that period hmm. uh, of MLS numbers. Uh, so sources. Um, and then we get to property status. So when you're talking about status, you are talking about, is it active, which means no offers have been received? Is it active contingent, which means that an offer has been received, but there are contingencies in that offer? Is it uh, pending, which means that all contingencies have been removed if they existed to begin with, or is it sold? Right. And or is it a probate sale waiting for court confirmation or something like that? And the, the big variation in statistics there seems to be active versus the active contingent statuses. Um, all of the statistical tools count active contingent as being an active status and it, it counts towards days on market and counts towards, you know, they would count it as an active property. You and I, buyers in San Francisco, generally would not think of that as an active property because 
really the only offer it could accept is a backup offer subject to cancellation of the primary offer. Right. Which, and who gets excited about writing that offer unless you've been outbid 36 times? Yeah, that's... Or you love the property. I mean, there are, there are situations where it makes sense. That's a whole other podcast. But active, active contingent, um, that seems to, to be another uh, variation. As we've talked about, property types, um, residential has a definition in the industry, um, and then residential has kind of this colloquial usage, uh, and they're not the same. So, you know, is it just single family? Is it single family and condo? Um, because while condos exist in multi-unit buildings, they're single family dwellings, which confuses people. Or are we including units uh, of two to four? And within two to four units, do we include mixed use? My head just exploded. Right. So uh, property type, uh, again, comes in. And some sites use statistical black magicry. Is magicry a word? No. I love it, though. Now it is. Now it is. Um, So statistical uh, smoothing, essentially. They'll use rolling averages. You don't see it so much uh, with the number of active homes, but particularly around price, if people are using the actual average uh, or a rolling average, uh, which is taken by representing each month by using the forward and prior month and that month and averaging them out. So you get a a smoother number, but it's a statistical invention, uh, not the actual number. Uh, And then finally, uh, in San Francisco, we have a new construction and some new construction uh, is listed in our multiple listing service but not all new construction is. I would say the vast majority is not. And right. What you, most buildings have at least one listing represented in our MLS, but I know of no building that has all of the homes within that building ever listed in our MLS. Um, You know, which when you have projects like Lumina with 600 homes, uh, Infinity, one Rincon, the Harrison, 181 Fremont, uh, so on and so forth, 1598 Bay, um, you know, it adds up. It does. And so in those, if... Say, and that even gets more complicated. <laughs> Sorry. Because at any of those offices, even if you call them and say, hey, how many homes do you have for sale? They will answer you with the number that they have, quote, released. Right. So that that's what they want to actively sell you right now. But that doesn't represent the total inventory and in most markets, if you take an offer to a buyer, I'm sorry, to a developer, and it's a good enough offer, they're going to sell you that unit. Yeah. Uh, released or not. Um, so, you know, even coming up with that one uh, is a shade of gray. So, the long story short. It's hopeless. <laughs> the TLDR version of this podcast is finding the number is... It, it, I would say pick away and be consistent and get your stats over time. I would plug some other episodes and say question that answer. There you go. Understand the statistic. Or give us a call and we'll help you. That too. That too. And no matter what, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us an awesome five-star review on your favorite platform and tell your friends all about it. Talk to you next time. Bye. Escrow Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com.